Coming up in this episode, we'll be talking about how to ride the curves and what to do to get your bike ready for a ride. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, riding the long, lonesome highway or back road aren't always the smoothest. Hitting the occasional pothole or rut can take its toll on your ride. Whether it has two wheels or it's a four-wheel ATV, keep Heartland Honda in Springdale in mind. They can service and repair your on-road or off-road vehicle. And when it's time for something new or pre-owned, Heartland Honda in Springdale can fix you up. Check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call, 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard, play hard. One of the greatest times to ride in the Ozarks is springtime. The thing is, more folks are out riding and driving, and that means more opportunities for accidents. They may be taking pictures of the foliage with their phones or just texting and not watching out for you. Be sure to put Brad Bradshaw's number in your phone, 417-333-3333. Brad's a physician, surgeon, and a lawyer. So after the show, check him out online at bradbradshaw.com. Remember, save his number, 417-333-3333. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, of course, as always, is Randy Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. What Good up, my morning. Dude? How's it hanging? Just barely. <laughs> by a thread. <laughs> I always like to hear you doing the same. You bet. Beautiful day today. Golly. And you know what's going to happen today, right? Motorcycle pandemonium. Ride, ride, ride. Yeah. And then when we're done, ride, 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 yeah. ride again. Exactly. Yeah. So, Like there's anything else to do. I mean, seriously. Swear to God, there's nothing to do. In fact, I rode a dirt bike over here just to do this. I saw just that. Pre-ride, ride. And a, and a wing-a-ding, a two-cycle. Yeah, it is. The only, the only kind that you need to have. I love the sound yeah. of a two-cycle. I love the smell. Ring, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the smell. Yeah. Does yours have a uh, auto pump in, or do you have to mix your gas? I mix my gas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mix it. Better safe than sorry. Plus, I don't know, Just it's just what I do. What are you riding today? It is a Suzuki RM250. Up and down the dirt roads. Oh, yeah. We live, I don't know, by the gravel road, probably about, I want to say it's five, six miles apart, something like that. Yeah. So it's a nice little haul-ass time. Yeah. You get it past a church, scare all the women and children on the way. <laughs> yeah, you go by the church and they're in service and you rip it up. Yeah, you got to stop it. You give a show, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> got to give them something for their sermon, that heathen devil. <laughs> yep, exactly. I need to be, I am a prime example of what not to be more times than not. <laughs> I can absolutely confer that. Yeah. That, that, is, that is the truth. So talking about uh, outriding, we're going to talk about how to best handle the curves. Now, in the Ozarks here, I guess like anywhere, but uh, specifically about the Ozarks, the back roads, and we say back roads, uh, we're talking about paved roads. Uh, we're not talking about dirt bike riding today, but 
A lot of curves. Yeah. And that's what makes this a great area to ride. Very little straight ahead. Mm -hmm. Just windy back road curves and where you can't, you don't know what's on the other side. Exactly. Hell, even even going down that road four and five times before in your life, you're still not going to know what's on the other side of the curve. You know, I was riding here a while back up uh, one of these back roads and I come around the blind corner and right there in the middle of the road, standing there like he owned the joint, probably a 250, 300 pound hog. A hog. <laughs> Just standing right there in the middle of the road. Looked yeah. at me like, what the hell are you doing? What's here? your problem? Yeah, this is my spot. <laughs> exactly. Dibs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. In the Ozarks, you just never know sometimes, especially out here in farm country. Yeah. I mean, we've been on them where there's cows in the road, dogs in the road, deer in the road, little kids playing cars in the middle of the road, you know. A and bunch are, of yeah, and around here, around you've around got here. to ride. If you're not from here and you're coming down for a vacation like so many people do, you have absolutely got to ride with the mindset that right around the corner, yeah, you got to be ready for anything. Yeah. It's not uncommon to come around a corner and just see a car sitting in the middle of the road. Right. For yeah. whatever reason, then they're all knowing nonsense that, well, this is a good place to stop and <laughs> do whatever we're doing here. And we'll yeah. just. It's, it's something else, man. It really is. I mean, I'm not talking about, or we're not talking about it being white knuckled riding all the time. No, just be aware. You just got to be cautious, somewhat aware of your surroundings. You can't get lost in your, in your own train of thought. It's very mind. easy to get when you're on these back roads to, and it's so pretty yeah. and you're enjoying the ride and everything's going right. To uh, get, I don't know, what do you want to call it, unfocused on the ride. And that's what's going to get you caught up. Yeah. You'll come up on a corner too fast or you'll come around a corner and find something you weren't expecting or or what have you. Like a hog. A hog, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So in the event that you come up on a corner a little bit too fast and you're not expecting it, right? Yeah. What do you do to try to get slowed down? Well, that's probably not going to be the appropriate question for me because I'm old. And, <laughs> and even though I know, anyway. <laughs> even though no, I know just about every road around here and yeah. what is to be expected around the corner or what might not be expected. I always, my mindset when I'm riding, even if I'm going into town, is that everything and everybody is out to get me. Now, that sounds like somebody said to me the other day, how can you ride being paranoid? Well, I'm not paranoid. I'm relaxed. I'm comfortable. I just assume that everybody else, whether it be animals or humans, are not watching out for me. They're in their own little la-la world. So when I come into a corner, the deadly sin that you can do is fixate on something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you fixate on a point, uh, you're done. You're going to go right You may not be done today, (laughs) but sooner or later, it's going to get you. And most people that get in terrible accidents coming around corners and stuff like that, going off the road or not being able to address it properly because they're going too fast or coming at it at a bad attack angle is because they get fixated. Mm-hmm. And that's a killer thing. Yeah. And you really, you're a hundred percent right. You know, when I was a kid, I remember this guy that did instructional, like how to ride tips and tricks, kind of almost like you'd go through your rider course or whatever. Um, those safety training, like week long deals, what he did and it was stupid, neat. Basically puts you on a motorcycle and says, you know, head for the other end of the parking lot. And gosh, it was like go between two cones or two dotted lines or whatever. Uh-huh. And a lot of people just couldn't do it. But then he put a tennis ball out there and he said, you know, go hit that tennis ball. And nearly everybody did it. I know it seems kind of counterintuitive for what you're talking about as far as don't fixate on something. But um, what he was saying was 
you are going to naturally go where your eyes look. Exactly. So when you fixate on one thing going around a corner, your body is naturally, it seems stupid. Your brain's going to pull you to that point. Exactly. So what he had told me, um, which I didn't take the course. It was just a guy that I knew. He said, when you're going around a corner, he said, don't look right in front of you. So that's, that's ridiculous. You know, don't look right in front of you. You look, you know, half to three quarters of the way around the corner, find you a point. And as you progress around the corner, keep finding you a point to look at further up. And he says, your body is naturally going to want to pull you in line with the corner. As long as you keep, you know, looking around the corner. And he said, a lot of people, what they do is for one, they come into corners way too fast for whatever reason they sneak up or or however it, it gets you. But then they freak out and they look right in front of them. You know, where's the yellow line at right now? And they'll jam the brakes. And that's usually why on the first quarter of the corner, they run off the road. That's right. Is because they didn't, you know, you got to somewhat relax, you know, and he says, you know, you counter steer, lean into it and look around the corner. And it's nine times out of 10, people aren't going so fast that they can't negotiate the corner. They're just going so fast that they freak out, whether it be, you know, a and a lot of people, they, 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 the, the, they get the mindset that they're on a weekend ride and they're riding the Isle of Man. You know, how <laughs> yeah. fast can you know we can lean this bike over and get around the corner? Right. Well, you know, how fast can you die? Right. Uh, and that's why I said it's not a good idea to ask me because I don't take corners fast. Right. Those days are long gone for me. But what I will normally do is I will attack the corner on the high side. So at the apex of the corner, I'm usually on the curved side close by and then come out on the high side. Yeah. Kind of like a NASCAR yeah. rider Start would do. Start on yellow, lean into the white, mm-hmm. end on yellow. It gives you a lot more area to come off. Um, you're you're 100% right. That's oh, how of course. it should be Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> it goes without saying. Your wife hardly ever says it, huh? No. <laughs> but anyway, the biggest thing, honestly, I feel like where people get in their mistake at is not necessarily in the corner. It's their progression up to the corner. Yeah. You know, you it's can... the attack angle. Yeah. You can set it up all that you want. But if you're just not in a good position, you know, say you're hugging the inside, the white line, you come into a corner and you're going too fast. There is a very slim possibility of you making it around that corner without Uh something happening, you know? So when you're riding these roads, you really got to get set up to where, you know, you're using the lines and using the whole lane. You know, anybody, if you're riding in a group, people behind you need to give you some space, give each other some space you know, attack the angle at the right speed and right angle. You know, another part of it is, is I think people get worried and forget that they have to lean, you know, lean Uh a little bit. It's all about speed and put around the corner. So as you get comfortable with negotiating corners and try to bump your speed up, you know, there's a deal called counter steer and obviously leaning a little bit will get you to where you can bank through a corner as quick and as easily as anything. Oh, leaning is, 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 will cut your corner a lot better any day. A lot of people, I'm particularly addressing beginner riders, they tend to want to oversteer yeah. and less leaning. And that's a bad route because if you look at the physics of coming into a curb on a motorcycle, the way that bikes are designed is you'll want to lean into it. And if you had a picture, a moment in time, the front wheel is actually at it's an angle way. that is opposite the turn. Right. That's that counter steer I was yeah, talking about. Exactly. Yeah. What it does is it pitches the pitches the weight onto a different point of the tire and by it steering the other way, it's naturally one gonna gonna want to push the bike down, you know, uh-huh. over on its side that way. So when you lean, 
use counter steer and accelerate. That's why those dudes run an Isle of Man you mentioned, or, you know, any other supermoto race, they're all hanging their knees on the ground because uh-huh. they're counter steering with speed. Uh-huh. You know, that's how you navigate a corner at a high rate of speed is to be able to bank the bike to its max yaw, you know, max lean over, but you have to have speed. Without yeah. speed, you're just falling Well, it's over. a combination of things. Any yeah. one thing is not the right trick. You've got to be able to put them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Highly recommend that you go out if you're new to riding. Get into a big empty parking lot and maybe put some cones out and just try, you know. Yeah. Practice over and over and over. Practice makes perfect. And one of the things we used to say in, in the military is muscle memory. Yeah. There you know, you make it muscle memory. Make it where you don't even think about it anymore. It's just what it is. Yeah, it's just reaction as opposed to a thought process. Exactly. You know, I'm a big advocate of these rider courses. The rider courses, yes, they cost money. But, I mean, you're, it's so valuable to somebody that's never ridden a motorcycle. Right. Or is so green that they're just nervous as can be to be on a motorcycle. You know, you can look them up. Every state has them. Um, you get them in a community college a lot and for yeah. next to nothing. I mean, yeah, you pay, but it's not much. For what you get, no. Once you take the course, I think most of them are like a week long or maybe uh-huh. two weeks, a couple nights. They try to week. work them over the weekend. Yeah. You know, a couple so of weekends. They give you the motorcycle. There's a classroom portion and then an outdoor portion. The classroom, they, they talk about everything, talk about the laws, the speeds, and then get you geared up for what you're about to do. And then the riding part, they give you motorcycles and they teach you techniques, avoidance tactics, you know, braking tactics, um, what to do in a crisis type of situation or an emergency situation. Then at the end of all of it, they almost always stay there completely until you've passed your test. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you just go in off the street to the DMV, you know, you fail it once. You Pass gotta, or fail. Yeah, you got to wait another week or whatever it is. So it's pretty dope. And then once you get done with it, there's a certificate. You could take that to your insurance company and they knock a couple bucks off your insurance because now you've a trained rider. Now you're certified. Yeah. 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 Bonafide. So it's just neat. You know, they, they teach you all that stuff, what to look at going into a corner, what to do in slow speed maneuvers, things like that. Um, but something I always thought was neat is, you know, and maybe I'm just different, but I will, I can testify to that. (laughs) I'm very different, but I don't know how you do it. I don't know how everybody else does it. But when I was a kid, I remember people talking about it being like this. You break going into the corner, get your speed right, you know, on entrance and then Uh accelerate around it. And that's right. So, you know, those guys that are trying to just jam the brakes all the way through it. I'm like, man, that's just, that's just bad. You're just looking for an accident. Yeah, you know, if you're on the brake and you hit gravel around that corner, now you're sliding. There's no... That's another thing around here. It's not uncommon to come around a corner and see gravel on the road. Yeah. Particularly if you have a side road that's a gravel road or cross road, uh, that'll stir up a lot of gravel. So you just got to be very careful about that. Another thing, and this is not really curve etiquette, but it does fall into the same play about riding around the Ozarks is a lot of hills around here. Mm. and how do you approach the hills coming on where you can't see the other side now? I try to jump every hill that I can. (laughs) For me, I always take, you know, you got your center yellow line. Yeah. If I can't see what's ahead of me, I can take it onto the right side. I agree. You know, it's a catch 22. You pop over the hill and there's something on the shoulder. Now you're jacked. Yeah. But around here. But you got to kind of choose. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess it's Russian roulette, but 
Um, you know, around here, you could have somebody, some jack wagon out passing on a, on a hill or something like that. I see it all the time. Or tractors. Yeah, that are tractors. taking up more than the whole lane, which I don't begrudge them. They're just doing yeah, their thing. Got to do what they do. You know, I think technically they tell you, you know, slow down or be, be on diesel when you crest over a hill, just in case there's something on the other side. Yeah. Um, That's what I said. Uh, my mindset is that they're out to get you. So my, in my mind, a way of thinking, even though I can't see, especially if I can't see, I just assume there's something on the other side of the hill. Yeah. Charlie. I don't, yeah, He's I don't think there. that I'm the only guy on the road. I go, okay, I'm coming up on a hill here. There's an 18 wheeler that's riding down the center of the road because he's texting while he's driving. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. You, and you've got to be out on our main roads, which there's like three or four main roads in our area. It's not quite as bad because the roads are, you know, got a big shoulder, wide lanes, but it's these two lane back roads with no shoulder. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because that's most of the riding in the Ozarks. Exactly. I mean, anybody can get out and what's the point of having a conversation about getting on interstate, on interstate. 44? Yeah. You know, yeah. we're talking about two lane back road, paved roads. Yeah. The uh, stuff that not everybody gets to see every day. Right. But yeah, you know, you're a hundred percent right. You got to definitely watch out for the hills around here. Cause I mean, that's why I love about our conversation. I hardly I, ever hear you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know how to handle the curves. You're getting ready to go out and just kind of shift gears here a little bit. What do you do for your bike when you're getting ready to go for a ride? Your pre-bike check. That's uh, really important. Too many people are not doing a pre-bike check. Yeah. I can't believe that. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't, I can't wrap my head around that. Well, I think that falls into the category of enthusiasts and motorcycle owners. You know, the enthusiasts, in my opinion, are out there for the sheer enjoyment of it, want to take care of their ride, want to go on a good ride, always look their stuff over. You know, it's the DOT says you have to look your 18-wheeler over every single time you start the thing up. Yeah. You know, airplanes You'll walk around everything. Over. Yeah. Anybody that drives for a living or does anything with an automotive anything, or they have to do a pre-trip inspection on, on it every single time. Um, you know, who... Why wouldn't you take it as serious in your, you know, recreation? Well, if you don't, it's just like that term you said earlier. You're, if you don't, you are literally playing Russian roulette. Yeah. And I know people that will park it for the winter. I don't get that either, but, (laughs) but it comes springtime, they'll go out and they'll just get on it and ride. Won't do a check. Won't check their tires. Won't check their nuts and bolts. I just shake my head. All winter. Why would it loosen up? Why would something change? Right. Well, if you didn't check it in last winter before you parked it, you damn sure didn't check it anytime you were riding it in last summer and you're not going to check it now. So, you know, I hear, obviously I own a, own a shop and I hear it constantly people coming in and trying to get their bike ready for summer or ready for winter or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well I found, you know, these five problems. Well, I didn't even realize they were a problem. And I'm like, how the hell do you not? You know, that's a tire. It's got a bad oil leak. You know, on chain drive ones, they're always loose and slapping and the teeth are all ate up on sprockets. The brake fluid's black as coffee. I mean, it's just like uh-huh. open your freaking eyes and look, you know, if you don't have the money for the repairs, you probably shouldn't be owning the motorcycle, you know? Right. But, I'm a big fan of uh, PMS, preventative maintenance system. <laughs> See, I hate Not PMS. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> When you're PMSing, it's rough for me. It is. <laughs> Unless you stay on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So if you get out there, like one of the things that I do is I will take a, a white piece of cardboard. And when I park my bike, 
I have one sitting there on the ground. I just slide it up under the engine. See where it's leaking from. See, and and if there's a drop, yeah, I'm anal retentive. I panic. I go, son of a bitch. <laughs> there's a drop. And Believe of course, me. I don't have drops because I ride yeah. a victory. So, oh, shut up, fool. And, shut uh, up. But it's it's a good idea. I mean, if yeah. you have a bike that tends to leak, you might want to take a card stock and slide it under there. And instead of having to go through all the rigmarole and get on your hands and knees and check the underneath and stuff like that, if it's leaking, you'll see a drop. Yeah. If it's not, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, on, on any motorcycle, you know, there's multiple reasons why you want to check to make sure one's leaking. One, you're going to destroy your bike if it's leaking so much and you never check fluid levels or anything like that. And two, the engine sits in front of the back wheel. If that sucker's leaking good enough, going down the road, where exactly. do you think that oil or gas or trans fluid or primary fluid's going to? It's going right in front of your back wheel. You know, and if you're an aggressive rider, I've seen it a time or two, mostly with the older Harleys where they have a crankcase ventilation system and their oil pumps weak and they start puking oil out that crankcase vent. Well, it was always vented right in front of the back wheel. So what you have is a washout situation where oil gets evacuated out of the engine, goes on your back tire. and then It's, it's just slick. a nightmare to think about something like that. Yes, it is. So... Obviously, there's there's things to check, you know, battery voltage, you know, things like that, just to make sure everything's good. But as far as safety-wise, in my opinion, you always have to check your brake fluid and your tires, tire pressure, tire, you know, the, the wear on the tread, dry rotting, things like that. You know, that's your safety net between you and the ground. Is your and anybody tires. and everybody should do this, regardless of the area that you live in. Yeah. But here in the Ozarks where when you're going out for a ride, even for the day, you're not riding up to the convenience store. You're riding on the back roads and it's very rural. Mm-hmm. And uh, you break down or something goes uh, jabberwocky on your bike. You got a long walk. You're miles away from things. Yeah. yeah. And you're screwed. Places. And there's a lot of times that there's no cell service. Yes. There's an old saying, you're in the backwoods, literally. You're in the backwoods here. You better learn to fend for yourself. <laughs> and people necessarily aren't too keen on some quote unquote biker walking up to their door, knocking on it. Yeah. We all own guns around here and we all. It is. I don't want to put a bad picture. because people protected. are very friendly around here. Everybody waves. Everybody wants to speak. Just people are very nice. But due to the nature of where we live, as far as being very rural and times as they are. It's not uncommon to walk up to some place that people don't know you and they answer the door with a gun in the hand. Yeah, exactly. I know we're not talking about in the city. We're talking right. about somewhere where that's the only house for miles and you're walking up to the door and put yourself in their shoes. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Because I don't know you. Uh, I mean, we, we, we sit in between about three or four towns with a collective population of each town under 500 per town. So you're thinking there's a... You're doing them a real service by calling them a town. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, granted, there's within within 20 or 30 minutes, there's larger towns, cities, whatever you want to call them. But in our remote area right here, there could possibly be 1,500 people relatively in a 30 by 30 mile square radius. Yeah, that sounds 30 mile right. square radius or 30 mile radius. 1,500 people in in 30-mile radius is not very many people when you think about it. No, and most people around here know each other. If they don't know them, they know the face. 
Right. They know, okay, he's local. He He's uh, safe. Whatever. He's safe or whatever. But say you come from outside our area and you didn't do your pre-trip inspection and you have a blowout or you have an issue out on a back road and you decide to walk up to someone's house, you know, maybe you're one of those guys that dresses in full gear all the time. Maybe you're one of those Harley riders that has, you know, the shirt that says, if you could read this, the bitch fell off, long beard and sunglasses on, you know. You're not from around here, and people are going to instantly know that. So, you know. And you're going to get help. You will. But it's going to be guarded until their comfort level is at a certain rate. Exactly. So there's another reason to do your pre-bike check. <laughs> you don't don't want to break down. Yeah, no one wants to be hearing pigs squealing with banjos playing in the background. Now listen, <laughs> the local chamber of commerce is all, all around the Ozarks are probably saying, you dirty rat bastard. That son of a gun. That's not the way it is. <laughs> no, I'm just a We're shit talker. We're jaded just a little bit. <laughs> I'm just a shit talker, isn't yeah. that it? Uh, the point is just do your pre-bike check. Uh, check your tires. Check your oil, your brake fluid. Yeah. Uh, check your linkage, your cables. Yeah. Make sure the throttle completely opens and completely closes. Make sure your brake pedals aren't soft or feel spongy. You know, a lot of people get... So used to how they feel over time, they'll slowly degrade and slowly degrade. And then they don't realize how bad they actually are. You know, you might need to get a service done on your brake fluid. Check your clutch cable or if you're a hydraulic clutch. Make sure that it's nice and stiff. It'll be smooth, but make sure there's plenty of pressure behind it in that your clutch on a hydraulic one is engaging, you know, a quarter to halfway um, out off the handlebars. You know, if it's way out there on the end, unless it's a Yamaha which they seem to be like that all the time. You know, there might be something wrong. Your cable may have stretched, something like that. Um, you're looking for weather cracking on the sides of tires to make sure when you bank the bike hard into a corner, the sidewall doesn't blow out and you go lip skidding across the ground. Um, make sure that there's tread on your tires. Make sure it's not flattened off and got big knots in it. You know, then on top of that, make sure you have the right air pressure in them. Yeah. You know, there's so much like that. And then the lastly, you know, make sure all your lights are functioning right. Make sure you got turn signals if you have them. Make sure you have headlight, taillight, brake light, all that stuff. Will your bike pass a state safety inspection? Right. I mean. If you, it's hinky and it won't, <laughs> fix it before you ride it. Yeah. Or not, but just don't bitch when you get popped from the popo because your little jalopy here doesn't have a single thing that's legal on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't care. I don't mind it, but. I don't want to hear you piss and moan either when you don't take care of your stuff and you don't have anything that's legal that someone may have pulled you over and said, fix it yeah, or get it off the street. So what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to haul ass on that RM250 back to my motorcycle and take a little burn. I think I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. If you'd like to know more about how to handle the curves in riding on the back roads, go to OzarkRides.com and at the top you'll see stories. Scroll down until you see the story about curve safety. Next time, we're going to talk about group riding etiquette. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. everybody knows I'm a lone rider. I'm the old man that says, get away from me. You bother me. You kids get off my lawn. Get off my grass. That's right. Yeah. So we'll talk about group riding etiquette, which will probably be a lot of your show. And I'll just throw in some nonsense here and there. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. I like nonsense. Until next time. Keep riding. All right.